hey, it's me, the Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donald Cage. And we're the co-host of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Hey, we do new episodes here every Monday and Friday. We're on all major platforms. And, uh, Donnie, how long have you been watching wrestling? Over 20 years. Over 20, and I'm about 25 years, so that's 45 years combined of wrestling watching knowledge. We talk about on our show past, present, and future superstars and shows as well. And uh, sometimes, Donnie and I don't always get along. We don't always agree, but we do have a lot of fun. Isn't that right, Donnie? We agree to disagree many more times than not. But it's always in good fun. Always, always. So be sure to join us and subscribe on any platform that you're listening to us on. Once again, I hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, as for Donnie and myself, we're out of here. Thank you, guys. And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your co-host, the Kentucky Guy, and we have our other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is. There he is. I knew he was on here. All right, guys. So if this is your first time uh, tuning in, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. Uh, we do appreciate everybody that just started following us uh, on the last episode. It, it truly is amazing. And we couldn't do this without you guys. We wouldn't do it without you guys because uh, without you listening, why would we just get on here and talk? So uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. And uh, also, uh, Donnie, he is a the creator and host of Caged Voices podcast. Uh, you can check him out. He's on Twitch and uh, Spotify as well. And then uh, also, if you're uh, into the news and want to see what's actually going on and you want to bypass fake media, uh, you can listen to uh, my other show, Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, all right, so also if you want to be a guest on the show or you have any comments for uh, Donnie and myself, uh, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also on our uh, website, uh, it's on uh, Podbean, right? Yeah, Podbean uh, website. Podbean. All right, Donnie. So how you doing, buddy? I'm good. It's Monday. Just it's just just like any other Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I just got done doing an interview, so you'll have to uh, bear with my voice. But uh, yeah, man, Mondays are always uh, always a lot of fun, right? Always. What <laughs> what do they call it when uh, when you're getting ready for Monday? They say you have the Sunday blues. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That sounds uh, that sounds about right. Uh, all right, man. So uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, I did get uh, some of the um, uh, actual the card for uh, the Clash at the Castle, uh, and then I also got some uh, re- uh, rumors as well. So uh, you want to? I guess we'll start there, huh? Let's dive right into it. I, lo- I love talking rumors. Yep. So the Clash at the Castle, folks. If you don't know, it's the first time in 30 years uh, WWE has ever went into on the Scottish England territory. And uh, uh, September 3rd, that's going to be happening in actual Wales. So a couple matches that we know are going to actually happen. And we'll make, uh, Donnie and I, we'll have an episode before uh, September 3rd when all the matches are actually booked, and we'll do a prediction uh, episode then. But uh, uh, right now, as it stands, uh, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship is going to be on the line. It's going to be Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. I personally think that that's going to change to a three-way dance uh, with Karrion Cross, who showed up again on SmackDown. What do you think, sir? In my personal opinion, I think because they've committed to this being a singles match and they want to try to build Drew up as being a threat to the big dog, or excuse me, the tribal chief, he's not the big dog anymore. Right, get it right. Uh, 
I I think they're going to keep this as a singles match right now. I think they're going to milk this whole carry and cross return thing for all it's worth, and they're just going to keep building it up, building it up, and he's going to strike when people least expect it. Yeah, uh, that promo that he cut on SmackDown was awesome, talking about how he'd been gone and they turned him away, and uh, it was just uh, he is playing the character to perfection, which he always did. Uh, I, I just I never understood them letting him go. I never understood him losing when uh, he did come on and uh, he started out so hot on Raw and then uh, yeah I just never got it because uh, he he is a major star and uh, I can't wait to see him in the WWE the actual ring again. So uh, yeah, I'm excited as well and I, I think he was definitely underutilized the first time around and we're gonna see if this do over works out for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship will be on the line. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. You know, I have to say, I uh, I think that uh, I, last week I was thinking maybe it'd be a three-way dance, but after the way Baszler handled uh, Ronda Rousey on Raw, uh, I don't think it will be. I think uh, I think it'll be a singles match, and uh, I think uh, Shayna's going to take the title. What do you think? I mean, I would have to agree with you on that one. We we spoke in the last episode about how this Liv Morgan as SmackDown Women's Champion has not been working, and they just need to take the title off of off of her at this point and build up a credible champion again. And I think for right now, at least, Shayna Baszler is is fine, at least as a placeholder, because at least you know that she's legitimately tough and has that MMA background. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what this reminds me of, it's a, this reminds me of the stupid run that they put on that uh, Nikki wannabe a superstar or whatever her name was, running around with a mask and a cape. Uh, yeah, when they gave her the title, it, it, just, it didn't work, and Liv Morgan, it's the same way. It just... Maybe the only hope I see for Liv Morgan is maybe she goes back and pulls a Mandy Rose and goes back to NXT and rebrands herself. But uh, right now it's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like seeing somebody new get a chance, an opportunity in the in the main event, especially in the women's division. It's always good to see a fresh face. And I was pulling for Liv Morgan, but I think the big mistake that they made was they said, we're going to have her win the ladder match and then she's going to cash in that that same night. You see, I am a big, big um, proponent of of waiting when it comes to the money in the bank. I'm not saying you've got to draw it out for an entire year, but wait a couple of months at least. Let them hold on to the briefcase. Let you know. Let her build up, I guess, more sympathy from the crowd, and and then let her cash in the belt and you know get a big get a big victory. Because to be perfectly honest, even when she won the belt. The whole thing felt like a fluke. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and she didn't do herself any favors on a uh, SummerSlam either, the way she won that match. And uh, let's see here. So another match that's set in stone is uh, Bianca Belair uh, and Oscar and Alexis Bliss. Uh, it's a, okay, six way, uh, and uh, they're going up against Bailey and uh, her faction, uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Ilo. Elo Sky, whatever they call her now. <laughs> Elo Shirai, but they call her Elo Sky now. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be a pretty good match. Man, I hope Bailey gets a hold of that uh, uh, ponytail and rips it out of her head. <laughs> what do you think about that match? Well, I hope that uh, Bianca uses that ponytail to smack Bailey around a little bit because uh, uh, it's, a, it's a deadly weapon. I mean, she, she, as I understand, she, she carries a, a weapons license around with her so she could legally wear, the, wear her hair like that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I, I just want to see her deliver a nice KOD to one of those three and, uh, and, and just show why she is the EST of the WWE once uh. again. Oh my friend, you are you are so delusional when it comes to that wrestler. Oh my goodness, uh, Bianca Belair. Okay, so here's a here's a couple of room. Now these aren't my rumors. This is from the dirt sheets. Here's a couple of rumored matches that could possibly be happening. Uh, the first one is uh, the Miz uh, versus AJ Styles. It seems like those two are destined to have one big match. They keep running into each other. 
So I can definitely see where they get that from. Uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Riddles. Riddles is supposed to be on tonight on Raw to discuss his future with the WWE. And then the other rumor is uh, Finn Balor versus Edge, and we know the history there. So what are your thoughts on those three rumors? Well, I, uh, personally, I mean, I'd like to see all three matches happen. I think they'll be good contests. you got a lot of good wrestlers working there. You know, Riddle and Seth Rollins definitely will be a solid matchup, I think. AJ versus The Miz, also two reliable hands, so I think you'll have a good contest there. And then Finn Balor versus Edge, yeah, I think you have a good match, but I don't know, uh, Kentucky guy. I feel like this would be a good opportunity for them to bring back the demon. And, I mean, what, what, will it happen? Probably not, but I think this would be a good opportunity for them to do that in this match with Edge. Yeah, I just don't know. Uh, I don't, I mean, he's not under contract anywhere yet. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I've been, I've been looking for, I would look for him at SummerSlam. I look for him at Money in the Bank. I mean, I, I am a huge, huge, uh, Ray, uh, Bray Wyatt fan. And, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> are, are you talking about the demon Finn Balor? The demon Finn Balor. Oh, crap. Okay. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the fiend. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I would love, we haven't seen that in a long time. And, uh, he is, uh, He's just a different wrestler when he comes as the demon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but piggybacking off of what you were saying, though, there have been all those rumors about Bray Wyatt, and especially now with Vince McMahon being gone. We talked about this in the last episode a little bit. I think we both agree we would love to see him back. But the one thing I would like to see is as much as I love what he did with the cult leader gimmick and the fiend gimmick, in my opinion, he needs to reinvent himself once again as a new character. What? That's what would work. That's what would work for him. Oh my God, I couldn't. I couldn't. I could not disagree more. The fiend needs. He, the fiend needs at least one more run, man. They cut that off way too quick. They took the title away from him way too fast. Uh, he should have destroyed uh, Randy Orton. You had Alyssa Bliss who actually turned against him at that match, his last match with Randy Orton, and we still doesn't make sense. Like, did she turn against him? I know she got his attention and he got RKO'd and lost, but, like, she was sitting on a swing set with uh, uh, black ink coming out of her eyes. So I I don't know, but my friend Ray Bride, does, <laughs> Ray White, does, I can't even talk because of what you just said. Uh, he, he, does not, he does not need to be, uh, be rebranded just yet, just yet, in time maybe. But, uh the fiend, I think I, Vince McMahon cut that out, and I'm a Vince McMahon guy. I, I've always been a fan of his and respected him, but he cut that out way too fast, in my opinion, way too fast. And well, I know, no question, no question, he was booked poorly, and that's that's kind of the reason why I say you bring him back, just let him reinvent himself again. He's a creative guy, so start with a clean slate. Uh. Yeah, but I love the Fiend character, brother. <laughs> uh, I know you don't because uh, we heard you talk as uh, Mr. Cornette last week about him. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about SmackDown. Okay, that's all the rumors that, I, that uh, I've seen so far, uh, which we still got a while to go until the clash. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about SmackDown. So I have a problem. I, I have a very serious problem with SmackDown on a couple of different things. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, and then I'm going to let you give your opinion if that's okay. okay. Uh, out of all the wrestlers, all the all the trios that Triple H could have brought back, he brings back this stupid trio of Hit Row. And here's the funny part, right? So you've got B-Fab and Top Dollar and the woman who only wrestled one time and never wrestles and don't understand why she's there. Uh, so you got that. These guys were released uh, late. 2021 triple h brings them back here's the funny part though their leader the main guy in the in the in this uh faction yeah he's under contract he's under contract in aew and uh these guys look like a fool you know what i'm saying (laughs) so your thoughts well i mean they they were brought to the main roster as well as a foursome basically I think they made like two combined experiences, or excuse me, appearances before they let them go, 
which was ridiculous. Why do you even bring them up if you're not going to use them at all? And I mean, in terms of the gimmick itself, I haven't really followed them close enough to really have an opinion whether I like it or dislike it. I've seen bits and pieces here and there. Um, but I feel like it's something, give it a little time to develop and see if it gets over with the crowd. I mean, don't, don't be too quick to judge them right off the bat. I mean, we know kids today, especially, I say kids, but I mean like 18 to 30 years old, 30 year olds love that type of music and that, you know, that, that culture and everything. So why not, uh, why not give it a shot? Yeah, I mean, I watched them uh, in NXT. I'm I'm an NXT guy, or used to be. I don't like the new NXT. Uh, but uh, I used to watch NXT all the time before they went to this 2.0 stuff. And I watched these guys develop in NXT. There was only one guy that developed, and he's now half the world tag team champions in AEW. I don't understand uh, Triple H bringing this stable or whatever you want to call them. I, I, I just don't understand bringing this trio back. I don't get it. Um, and their match, I mean, they won their match, but, I mean, who'd, who'd they fight? <laughs> you know, I mean, a couple of jobbers. So, uh, My other issue with SmackDown, oh, my goodness, Mad Calf Moth. Why in the world is he sticking his nose in the bloodline business and joining forces with Drew McIntyre? I don't get it. This guy, I mean, I know that he's trying to, prove himself and he's probably one of the younger up-and-coming stars but uh don't mess with the bloodline or you're going to get smacked well i mean he's got i mean he's got a good look and we saw him uh finally rebel against happy corbin which i'm so sick of calling him happy corbin at this point um and you know he again he seems to be getting a good reaction from the crowd and once again, you're injecting a new face into this feud. I mean, you gotta you gotta mix it up every now and then. It can't just be the bloodline versus the street profits or Drew McIntyre all the time. You gotta put some new faces in there. Do you like Matt Kaffmoff? Eh, could take him or leave him, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, so, some recent uh, social media activity is fueling the flames, and this is more about AEW, I think, than anything. Uh, so after uh, everybody's been questioning, because you know that, uh, and we talked a little bit about it last episode, uh, Miro, uh, he, he's, he's not really happy, right? He doesn't seem, or he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he may be working us, he doesn't seem to be happy. But here's something I think is going to change for him. Uh, so during during the last segment that he was on, actually on television, Julia Hart showed up, and she put her hand on Miro's chin. Do you remember that? I saw that. Yes, I and, saw that. And he said, there's only one woman, one woman who can touch the Redeemer, and you're not her. Of course, he's talking about C.J. Perry, uh, Lana, a.k.a. Lana. Uh, and I'm just wondering if she's coming, because she actually put out a tweet. And I found it, and what did it say? Uh, that Julia Hart has followed her on Twitter. Uh, Perry tweeted, all the way to my husband, apparently. So, uh, that would be, that would be huge. That would definitely change, uh, Miro's, uh, outlook on AEW, I think. And it would go right with what you were saying, uh, on the last episode about how he needs, um, how he needs a spokesman, like somebody to talk for him. And uh, I think uh, they bring her in on AEW, and I don't think there's any chance for a long time for him to go back to WWE. Your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, unless she signs with AEW and starts appearing on TV and you pair them up, um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I could just see him right right writing out the rest of his contract or asking for a release at some point. Because, yeah, it's been pretty much since he lost the TNT title, he's been all but completely forgotten about. And for a guy who's that talented, you don't just push him under the rug. I agree. Yeah, he's uh, he's very talented, and uh, he's uh, he's champion material. I mean, he really is. Uh, and uh, I... You know, Tony Khan, he's not – Tony Khan's not a stupid man, uh, but he does, like – it takes him a while, like, to catch catch on. You know what I mean? 
So maybe he's finally catching on and, uh, you know, he's going to make this happen. There was a reporter that uh, caught up with uh, the former WCW president and WWE performer, uh, Eric Bischoff. And uh, they talked about his second book, which is grateful that's just coming out, uh, how he went financially bankrupt a few years ago. And also, and I really like this part of the interview, uh, they asked, uh, was there any type of possibility of him returning to the WWE since uh, Triple H, uh, you know, took over creative? And since uh, Tony Khan is not competition for the WWE, in Eric Bischoff's words, right? So his answer will probably will shock it shocked me what he said because uh, uh, it definitely sounds like Eric Bischoff has grown up a lot since uh, his time on television with WWE and WCW. Uh, his answer was actually, and I'll quote this: "Quote, no, because there's no need for me. What I have to contribute at this point, we are beginning to see on television. Maybe this is just me being so hyper optimistic." Because the last 10 years of wrestling was bored the F out of me. Uh, I didn't realize I was in there. Uh, it's so hard. I want to be excited about it. I want to be interested. I talk about it. I've been in business for 35 years. I want to be excited about the business. But it's just bored me to death for such a long time. Uh, end quote, quote again. I had a little bit, I had a little bit of hope because this, I thought I found this very interesting. I, I had a little bit of hope. With AEW, I had some hope there. I thought, oh, man, I mean, up until probably six months ago or eight, uh, I kind of threw the threw in the towel because I started seeing the same pattern of whatever uh, over and over again. I'd go, okay, something is different, something is different, but there's nothing, there's been nothing different out of WWE either. I've been pretty critical of WWE as well. Uh, I make more headlines when I'm critical of AEW, but I'm actually just a critical, just as critical of WWE as well. So that was kind of interesting. I figured he would say, yeah, I figured he'd throw his hat in the ring, uh, you know, being asked that question. So that kind of that kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm not surprised by that answer at all. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, I've listened to his podcast a bunch of times, uh, 83 weeks, uh, which he usually does with Conrad Thompson and really fascinating. Listen, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've heard it before, Kentucky guy. Uh, you know, Eric Bischoff is definitely a really smart guy and he's, he's made a lot of, he made a lot of dumb decisions in his career, but he was always willing to think outside the box and try different things. Uh, you know, whether it was for just a short term rating spike or, or whatever it was. And I think he understands that the landscape of wrestling is a lot different now than it was 20 years ago. And he figures, you know what? I, I probably wouldn't even have the best ideas uh, the, these days if they were if they were to bring me in. I'd rather just sit back and watch to see how the product organically develops under the new regime. So, no, I'm, I'm honestly and I don't think it's because there's any animosity between him and Triple H or anybody that's there right now. I just think he. He doesn't want to go back to WWE because he did. I don't know if you remember, but about two years ago, I think it was, he did briefly have a backstage role with the company. He was supposedly the head of creative for SmackDown. And I think that might have lasted a month, maybe a month and a half at most before he was let go. So, no, I'm not surprised by his perspective on it at all. Yeah, uh, I think actually... Uh Jeff Jarrett is in that role now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It didn't last. It didn't last at all, <laughs> long at all. Uh, so here, here's another thing that I keep hearing, uh, and I swear it's driving me crazy because if if this happens, I just don't get it. So there's a former WWE star who's dropping teasers on uh, social media, basically Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. You've seen this guy saying everywhere about. He's returning to the company, or he's hoping to get a call from Triple H to return. And that is this little pipsqueak, Leo Rush. Why? Why? Why would you bring him back? He's not. I mean, he was Bobby Lashley's hype man. I mean, and he feels like that the way that uh, the way that ended 
just uh, it ended too briefly. I think I think he stayed in WWE too long. <laughs> Leo Rush got himself into a lot of trouble early in his WWE career when he made a joke on Twitter, I believe, about Emma getting released. Emma Tennille Dashwood getting released from her WWE contract, and he got a lot of heat backstage for that. And then there were then there were other issues that he had, uh, particularly during his time when he was Bobby Lashley's hype man, which honestly, I never understood that pairing. I, I loved the idea of Lashley being booked as a dominant heel with a mouthpiece to go along with him. But they didn't get that right until they paired him up with MVP. Leo Rush, I remember when they did that combination, I just said to myself, what is this? Yeah, I agree. I he wasn't any good in NXT, and he, he definitely wasn't any good in the main roster. Uh, so some br- a bright point, a bright, a very very bright point uh, that I've seen on uh, social media as well is that there is a uh, a a current, a current WWE superstar who is going back. Looks like he wants to, and he is going back to his original gimmick. And sh- thank God for it. Right now he's called Butch. In WWE, but he's going back to Pete Dunne, uh, with Triple H now in charge of creative. And I think he sh- <laughs> I think it's about time. I, I really do. Uh, it's just, uh, it's gotta happen. You know, Triple H so far, uh, he's brought back several former stars, you know, Dakota Kai, uh, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, uh, Scarlett, Dexter, Loomis, Top Dalla, Ashta, the, the, Deont- and uh, B-Fab, whatever their name is, right? But the username of Pete, Butch Dunn, uh, actually shared a photo of himself and Ridge Holland attacking uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch on an episode of NXT. So this has led to fans speculating that he's going to uh, come back as the Bruiserweight, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. I think in all likelihood they'll probably do it at Clash of the Castle uh, when they're in when they're in Wales to get that big home you know home country pop. Um, the one the one positive thing I will say about this whole angle when they turned him into Butch is you gotta admire his commitment to the character. That's the one thing I will say. As ridiculous as he looked and as stupid as the name was, there were there were times when they'd be feuding with the New Day and Butch. This little like five foot ten, maybe hundred ninety pound guy would have to be held back by these two guys, Seamus and Ridge Holland, who are twice his size, because he would just want to keep beating down members of the New Day. Yeah, I mean, the problem is uh, he's too he's too good of a wrestler to to be seen as a comedy act, in my opinion. He, he's just he's just way too good. Uh, he's got way too many accolades. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's phenomenal. Uh, and he's, he's lost. Like, he loses against, uh, uh, well, anybody on the New Day, because the New Day is horrible. They're just a big joke. But he lost, he's losing to, uh, uh, Woods. I mean, the worst. You talk about the weakest link <laughs> on New Day, that guy. And, uh, they actually set him up to where, uh, Butch actually loses to him. Makes zero sense. One thing I got to disagree with you on, Kentucky guy, though. Are you crazy about the new day? New day rocks. New day rocks. New day rocks. Yeah, I mean, and I know some of our audience likes them as well, but uh, let's face it, they're a joke. I, I don't know how they've stayed together or even stayed in the company this long. The the most talented one they had was uh, Kofi Kingston. And now he's past his prime, so I mean that that group is just a joke. Uh, so let's move. Right. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I think you just don't like pancakes. That's the that's the problem at the end of the day. I'm more of a waffle guy. <laughs> so there's a wrestler who uh, who's from Japan that uh, that's been wrestling in the U.S. Uh, and he uh, the WWE. Has got their eye on him big time. There, there, I heard, uh, there's reports all over the place. And that is, and I'm, no, I'm gonna blow this name, 
Uh, it's uh, Taki Cedia. You know what I'm talking about? He fought uh, uh, John Moxley, I think. Is, is it uh, Konosuke Takashida, I think is how it's pronounced? Yes, yes. So he recently just completed his tour of the United States that included matches for AEW, like we spoke about, and uh, wrote the following on Twitter, uh, and they translated it, thank God, from <laughs> from Japanese, uh, about his experience. 32 matches. Of those, 29 were single matches. It was four months that I grew so much that I felt like I was in the room of spirit and time. Now, this guy is a he. Is, I have to admit, he's a phenomenal wrestler. If you haven't seen him, you really need to. His name is spelled T A K E S H I T A. So, uh, but uh, it's a miracle. And still, a quote from him: "It's a miracle that there were no injuries or flight troubles. Thank God for wrestling." Now. While speaking to, and I'll give the credit here to uh, uh, uh following a, a uh, progress wrestling show, he addressed the matter of going to the WWE or the WWE uh, being interested. Now, this surprised me. Uh, quote, to be honest, nah, I'm not interested in WWE. My next goal is more fights in AEW, I hope. So I have to go back to Japan in August and September. Maybe. Not decided yet. I hope I go back to America in October. Then if I stay in the U.S., I can come to the U.K. more times. From Japan to U.K. is so far, but U.S. to U.K. is maybe seven hours. So it makes it possible. So, yeah, so he's saying, yeah, I'm not interested. I know Triple H is head of creative. Doesn't matter. Don't want to go there. I'll stick with AEW. So I can still go over to UK. Once again, proving my point, Triple H needs to get involved with some of these other wrestling promotions and try to open the door up uh, for his guys and let other people see, hey, you know, the the role, the uh, pecking order has really changed around here, and you know, we're going to start calling uh, uh, championships belts again and and all that nonsense that they took away. Well, you see, at the end of the day, here's the problem you run into. This all sounds great in in theory. Hey, let's bring this guy over. Let's bring this guy back. Let's bring this girl back. Let's put this tag team together. The issue you're going to run into eventually is your roster is going to be way too bloated. And they're probably going to phase out. Well, they kind of have already, but they're they're eventually going to completely phase out the whole roster split. And you're just going to have wrestlers floating back and forth between Raw and SmackDown and too many people are going to get lost in the shuffle. And then what's going to happen? Yep. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, well, that's AEW's problem right now, right? They, they have way too much talent. And uh, I, I really, I think it would be a huge, huge mistake. And they've already pretty much done it. You, you're spot on, uh, as much as it pains me to agree with you. <laughs> uh you're spot on because uh, they really don't have two separate brands anymore because you see people on the same shows over and over. That's a mistake, in my opinion. They need to keep the brands split, uh, and I think AEW needs to do it as well. They need to split their brands, Dynamite and Rampage. By the way, uh, SmackDown, this will show you a, a little uh, tidbit of what, what we're talking about here. SmackDown's show was down by 2 million views on Friday. And actually, Rampage had their highest uh, views uh, since uh, October of last year. So, yeah, so they've got to split them back up. What was that? I just said interesting. And don't get me wrong. I thought that uh, SmackDown was a decent show. I just... uh, I don't know. You know, they, they've got to keep the split. Uh, I'm telling you, people, speaking as a wrestling fan slow, uh, solely, right, when I tune into Raw or SmackDown, I want to see the champion. That don't mean they have to fight. doesn't even mean they have to be on television uh, as far as in the arena. But I want to see the champion, and uh, they're just not getting that. And I think that's a, that's a big miss, and I think that's really something that needs to be uh, rectified uh, sooner or later. 
I agree, because back in the day, regardless of whether the champion would wrestle every week or not, they would at least appear on TV and they'd come out and cut a promo, which doesn't always happen right now. And that's been a major issue I've had with their booking of all their champions, all their main champions, at least over the last few years. You know, the only wrestler I could think of who was maybe an exception to that when he was still an active wrestler was John Cena. He would always he would always be on TV, whether he wrestled or not each week. And, Brock, you know, you saw it with Brock Lesnar when he was champion. He would not show up every week. You know, maybe he showed up twice a month. He would wrestle at most every two to three months, would defend the title, never defended it on Raw or SmackDown, just on pay-per-views. And now Roman Reigns, they're kind of repeating the formula with it. And I get that they want to build the title up as this big thing. The title doesn't need to be defended on Raw or SmackDown, but there's no reason it shouldn't be defended at every premium live event, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. And uh, one thing I one thing I do have to admit, though, uh, before they combined the titles and unified the titles or whatever they've done with them, uh, Roman Reigns was on SmackDown pretty much every week, so... He was very good at that, but man, I I, I don't blame him. I, I wouldn't do both shows either unless you're going to pay me double the money, you know. So, uh, I have to admit though, the Usos, man, they're right there. They're every single show, Raw or SmackDown, <laughs> since they've got both titles, they're they're there. So my hats off to them. And I do notice that Triple H is making the uh, or he's working on making the United States belt and the Intercontinental belt mean something again uh i can see him doing that because those are two titles that he actually held and uh it's that's long overdue as well well i don't know if you heard heard the rumor speaking of the intercontinental title but there was a rumor going around prior to vince mcmahon announcing his retirement that they were getting ready they being the uh being the creative team were getting ready to bury and i mean bury the current Intercontinental Champion, the Ring General, Gunther, on television because they had, quote-unquote, already soured on the guy. Uh, yes, uh, I actually uh, I actually read that today. I read that today, actually, uh, that uh, he has new life because of uh, Triple H. Yeah, I actually seen that today. Um, good research, man. Wow. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so let's continue in the SmackDown. Uh, another match we've seen: uh, Raquel Rodriguez and uh, Elia. They defeated um, Shotzi uh, via pinfall. It was after Rodriguez actually planted Lee uh, with that Texas with that crazy power bomb, uh, and they've advanced to the tournament semifinals. I think they're going to be the tag champions. Um, the only thing I see maybe messing them up and getting in their way is uh, Dakota Kai, uh, which would be amazing, and I'm uh, and I'm here for that. <laughs> but uh, this this Raquel Rodriguez man, she is uh, they they need to get something around her way soon because she's a beast. Yeah, and I mean this is one of those partnerships I could easily see them like if they win the women's tag team title tournament, they hold the belts for a few months. Then they start. Then you start to see the cracks in their partnership, and then when they eventually lose the titles to whoever they lose it to, Raquel just goes full heel and just destroys Aliyah, and you know becomes that dominant female heel that they really need, which is kind of what they tried to do for a long time with Rhea Ripley and could still do on Raw, but they just seem to be, for whatever reason, holding her back these days. Well, now she. Uh... Rhea Ripley has a has a heart condition and a brain brain condition, so I was surprised to see her back at uh, Rey Mysterio's 20th uh, anniversary because uh, she's pretty sick from what I understand, and and uh, I I couldn't I couldn't figure out why they had her back on television so quick uh, because uh, the interview I seen her do uh, in a magazine I read about was uh, things were pretty serious with her health wise, so um, I. Because she was actually supposed to face uh, Bianca Belair at uh, Money in the Bank, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever she's going through, we hope that she can get it resolved. Because, I mean, she's a great talent, and she's still very young. 
So she could go really far in the business. I mean, I, I would hate this to be another like uh, Paige instance where she has to retire long before her uh, best days are even like ahead of her. It's funny you mention Paige. Very, very funny you mention her because uh, Paige, who uh, I actually like. Now, I'm not. I've never made. I've never made it a secret. Uh, I don't care much for women's wrestling. Uh, that's no secret. Everybody who's ever listened to an episode of this knows that. I just. Uh, uh, I don't believe that either promotion, AEW or WWE, has put enough into their that division to make me care. So I don't. Uh, but uh, back in the day, uh, Paige was my favorite female wrestler. And uh, as of, what was it, three weeks ago, she is actually medically clear uh, to return to actual ring and for, uh, performance. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, she's no longer with the WWE right now. Like, she's not under contract. So, uh, Tony Khan, you know, buddy, here's your chance. Because you definitely need help in your women's division. Here's your chance. Uh, yeah, so uh, also uh, we've <laughs> we seen the Viking Raiders who absolutely, and I loved every minute of it, demolished, demolished uh, Kobe Kingston with their shields and a big splash on the ramp. Now, uh, Kobe actually, uh, Kofi, whatever his name is, actually amber, uh, ambushed both of these guys with Kindle sticks. And got the better of them for a brief period, but man, they came back and with a vengeance. And uh, yeah, uh, he needs to start eating waffles. Well, that's that hard work and determination from Kofi Kingston. You know, he's chopping down these two uh, Game of Thrones wannabes. <laughs> what I don't understand is why don't they just like Michael. <laughs> Michael Cole and those guys, why don't they just call them the Viking Raiders? Uh, now they call them uh, the, uh, I don't even know, the more intense Viking Raiders or something. Have you noticed that? Like, they changed their name, the, com- the commentators did. Yeah, well, they've got to, got to always put that extra spin on it to say, oh, these are more intense, more uh, more vicious Viking Raiders. And I'm like, they're just, they're, the, they're, the, they're still the Viking Raiders, so. Why do we have to keep adding the uh, whole, uh, oh, they're, they're more intense, they're more this, they're more that? Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, for true wrestling fans like us, uh, you know, we know them as men of war, right, when they were back in Ring of Honor and that. I mean, they were phenomenal then, and they're phenomenal now. So, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, one of the pretty cool things uh, that did happen, uh, we touched on a little bit earlier this episode, was uh, Ronda Rousey did show back up uh at SmackDown, uh, she's pretty cool. She entered. She entered through the crowd, <laughs> had a duffel bag full of cash, uh, took it in the ring and just dumped it uh, because she was suspended at SummerSlam uh, for attacking a referee, and uh, she actually hip tossed a security guard on her way out. Uh, this was cool, man. She just dumped that money. Here you go. Like it meant nothing to her, and uh, and then here comes. Uh, Shayna Baszler out as Ronda is going back up and telling Ronda, "Cool it, you got to you got to play the game." It's pretty much what she said. And Shayna Baszler goes out there and just pushes that money, like makes room in the middle of the money, all that money on the table, and uh, signs the contract. I thought that was great. That that seemed like real life in your moment stuff. Well, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for stuff that feels a lot more natural. Uh, we want to see performers react the way they would if something this something like this happened in real time, and not just react the way the script tells them to. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one thing I loved was uh, Shayna Baszler went right after uh, that sore, injured arm uh, on Liv Morgan. Uh, that's going to be the story to her losing her title, I think at the Clash, um, or at the, ca- yeah, the Clash at the Castle. Uh, but Liv Morgan did bulldog uh, Shayna Baszler through the table. Uh, so I don't know why they keep letting this, uh, letting this blonde get, her, get the upper hand, but Shayna Baszler is bad, dude. She's bad in a good way. I mean, I liked her in NXT. I thought uh, her teaming with that 
Nia Jax was a waste of her talent, and uh, I'm I'm hoping she becomes champion. I think it's long overdue. Yeah, I mean the Nia Jax storyline was a complete waste of time, and yeah, I mean I mean unfortunately, I mean and she was not to knock her personally, but she was really unsafe in the ring, and you know every time she would hit somebody with a leg drop or a Samoan drop, whatever the case was, I just kind of like. I, I just kind of like bit my tongue and I was like, oh boy, is this person going to get injured or what's going to happen? Cause she had that thing years ago where she was supposed to throw a work punch and she wound up breaking Becky Lynch's nose. And that's why we didn't see the very first match between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey is because of that injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. She, she, and she wasn't that talented. I mean, she just wasn't. And, uh, you're right. I mean, I've, I've seen several reports. Uh, of her uh, of injuring and, and uh, other wrestlers not wanting to work with her. Uh, someone I did see that they brought back on SmackDown was, uh, <laughs> and I like this, uh, was Maximum Male Models. And uh, they were actually having a uh, photo shoot, and uh, Angel, Angel Garcia and uh, Humberto uh, actually interrupted because uh, they wanted to become and worked for uh, Maximum uh, Male Model Agency, and uh, he kind of turned them down. So I love that gimmick. I don't know why. It makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dupre, I love how he says his name. I mean, I'm here for it. I think they need a little bit of that as long as they don't bring it to the ring like the New Day but keep it in the back. Uh, I'm here for that. You're talking about – the former L.A. Knight from NXT, this has, is what he has now been reduced to, being the head of a male model agency. It actually makes my eyes borderline want to bleed. Like, I, I'm crying so hard that I'm actually crying tears of blood for all the sympathy that I have for L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Max Dupree. It's just it's terrible. Are you crazy? This is the greatest thing ever. Uh, he he is uh, he is great on the mic, and uh, he's. I mean, come on, come on! I figured you would love this. No, I'm an LA Knight fan, but put this guy back in. Put this guy in a mid card feud where he belongs. Uh, you know, fighting for the Intercontinental title or something. Not managing a a, a modeling agency. Come on. Uh, okay. Uh, we did see that, uh, your buddy, Happy Corbin, uh, actually he attacked, uh, Ricochet from behind, uh, backstage, uh, because he lost to Ricochet, uh, uh, last week and Ricochet, uh, made fun of him because of his loss, uh, at SummerSlam. So, uh, looking, I, you know, that might be a match at the Clash as well. I never thought of that. Uh, Corbin versus Ricochet. Ricochet, who, in in my opinion, is probably one of the most talented wrestlers out there right now. Uh, I remember when he was uh, Puma. Uh, I watched him uh, in Ring of Honor. I watched him in uh, uh, Luchador Underground uh, when he wore a mask. Uh, you know, he is uh, he's never truly uh, been utilized the right way. I don't think in in the main roster. Uh, I thought they were going to do something with him and Alexander Black, uh, which is a great combination. Uh, but they just they just walked away from it, like we've seen so many times. But I think uh, I think him and Corbin. I think this feud is uh, is the next one on the agenda. Your thoughts? I mean, Ricochet undoubtedly very very underutilized talent. I think he's got incredible athleticism has not been given his proper due when he's been on the main roster. I mean, yeah, he's touched a couple of the mid-card belts here and there, but can you really name, like, one meaningful feud that he had since he was on the main roster? I can't even think of one, honestly. And, I don't know, Happy uh, happy Corbin, I could do without him on my TV. I, I You know, he's, he's, he's always so happy. Like, what, what's he so happy about? Like, like, I don't get it. Like, when he was... When he was the lone wolf in NXT and back in the day, he was kind of entertaining. But then, then they made him the constable of Raw. Then he, then he, then he was, uh, then he was broke and destitute. 
Then he got all happy after he won all that money in Vegas. Uh, I don't know. Can Pat, can Pat McAfee just get up and slap him again? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of Corbin either, so I can't really say much on that. And then, uh, the match that I thought stole the show, uh, at SmackDown was the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and, uh, Shinsei Nakamura. Uh, he actually, Gunther actually won. Uh, he planted him with a, uh, power bomb. But this match was so competitive and you could tell like the people sitting around the ring and in the audience, uh, was really enjoying it too. I was enjoying it watching on TV. I thought this match stole the entire show. Yeah, I have yet to go back and watch it actually, uh, cause I was, cause I was out on Friday, but I'm glad to hear that because on paper, when I looked at this, I said, yeah, this, this should be the type of match that should steal the show. And if I were them, I'd, I'd keep the momentum going and I'd have them have multiple matches. I wouldn't just make it a one and done kind of thing. Oh no, I, I think it's far from being over. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely far from being over. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Rampage because we don't like to just talk about one company on our episodes, uh, because we know our audience is very diverse. Um, so on Rampage, something very interesting happened. Rampage has always, since I've been watching it, and I think I've watched it since the very first one, they've always, uh, they've always started out with a wrestling match, like a, some type of match. Uh, however, this week it was a little bit different. Um, Daniel, or Brian Danielson actually was there, uh, and he addressed losing, uh, losing, I think the week before, two weeks before, to Daniel Garcia. Uh, Garcia actually came out. I found it very interesting how it, so here's this guy. He's a part of Jericho's Appreciation Society, calls himself a wrestling entertainer. Brian Danielson, who he just defeated is probably the best technical wrestler today at, at this time. And, uh, you know, Brian Danielson pretty much told him, he said, do you want to be the greatest sports entertainer or wrestling entertainer, or do you want to be the greatest wrestler and left him in the ring with his mouth open? So I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, is this guy going to be part of the new combat club? This is one of those things again that I, if I were them, I would, I would let it simmer and, and, and make people wait. I think that he could definitely, Daniel Garcia I'm talking about could definitely fit within the Blackpool Combat Club due to the fact that he sort of has, I don't want to say an MMA, but he's got, you know, that submission style wrestling that he's really well known for and he's good with his striking ability. And I think in many ways he fit right in with that group. Problem is right now he's he's in the Jericho Appreciation Society and they're pretty much red hot right now, one of the top heel factions. So I think, you know, keep keep that going and maybe eventually build some dissension in the ranks where he and Chris Jericho clash. And then he might potentially break out and join the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, uh and, and you're right. He is actually when it comes to the promos and on the mic, uh, the best member, uh, besides, uh, Sammy, uh, on the, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. So taking him away right now, I think would be a mistake. And plus he was, uh, the other two guys, I can never remember their name because they really are meaningless. They don't do anything, but the tag team that's on the, uh, Jericho Society, he's their buddy, like he's their friend, uh, way before they ever joined up with Jericho. So, I think I think you've got a good point there, uh, but they did throw that seed out there, right? So, uh, and that's very smart, uh, you know, because we're talking about it. So I'm sure other fans are as well. Uh, so Hook, he came out. Uh, he's the new FTW champion. Uh, he was actually challenged. I cannot remember who he's challenged by. Somebody who is a uh, uh, like a real world actor or something. But he accepted it, of course, and that's going to happen next week, and I think that's going to be great. You know the name? I, I'm not familiar with the guy. I, I saw the name, but I'm like, don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't know him at all. So, 
Uh, and then, uh, let's see. So we're talking about tag teams. Uh, and I thought this match was hilarious. Uh, the Gun Club, uh, they were in action against, uh, Dan Housen and Eric Redbeard. Redbeard, yep. Yep. Uh, the Gun Club actually won, but, uh, it was funny, man. I, I mean, if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, you, you've got to go watch it. I saw some of the clips. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, uh, we had, uh, Sammy Guevara and, uh, Tay Kane, who are newlyweds now, by the way. Uh, they, they actually retained their titles against, uh, Dante Martin and, uh, Sky Blue. Uh, you know, it didn't show, uh, it didn't show it on television, but basically what happened was, uh, uh, Taya, Sammy's old lady, she actually pushed Dante Martin, uh, in front of her, and that's how they won, so, but it really didn't show on television. I don't know why, because that's a big part of the match, but yeah, that's how they won. Yeah, well, they're continuing to draw heat right now. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they first got together, it seems like everybody was on board with it, but then they were just throwing it in everybody's face, and nobody really wants to see that. So now they're uh, now they're they're kind of hated by the crowd for the most part. Right. And talking about things that people don't want to see, uh, the next match, uh, Sunny Kiss uh, actually lost against a dominant, a dominant Parker, uh, and he this guy. I mean, we talked about him on the last episode, how uh, we think that uh, WWE made a mistake, and he just went out and proved it, man. I mean, he just dominated uh, Sonny Kiss. His, uh, that choke slam looked pretty, uh, looked pretty mean. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that was the first time that Sonny Kiss has been on television uh, since uh, 2020, and I think it probably should be the last time for a while. Uh, so, just saying, I'm uncomfortable watching him or her or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I just don't like it. I mean, I am what I am, man. I'm like Popeye the Sailor Man. I am what I am, you know? Uh, and then we've got, uh, Orange Cassidy. He faced, uh, Ari, uh, Davari. It looks like Davari is officially signed with AEW now. Uh, yep. how, however, Orange Cassidy did win that match. But, uh, I've noticed here lately that, uh, Tony Khan is picking up some of the, uh, NXT rejects, uh, and I call them that because they were fired but or let go, but, you know, these are actually good wrestlers. Uh, if he keeps going that way, uh, he's liable to uh, stumble onto something. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that a lot of these guys are being given a second chance because many of them do have a lot of talent, and they just were never getting enough TV time to develop. You know, Parker Boudreaux was an example, in my opinion. I mean, he's the guy is super young. He's 24 years old. He's a former football player, R- resembles a young Brock Lesnar. I, I think his in-ring style is a lot different from Brock's, but he definitely resembles him. And if you give the guy enough of a chance to develop, he might surprise you. And, you know, same thing with a guy like Ari Davari. Um, you know, his older brother, of course, was known for his time in both WWE and TNA. That's that's Sean Davari for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and I think Ari Davari, you know, he was he was used sporadically in the WWE's cruiserweight division, but you didn't, really didn't get the, a chance to see his talent. And now he's being given the chance to lead his own faction and work a lot more, which is great. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that is about all the time we do have for today. Uh, Donnie, do you want to go ahead and tell them how they can reach you on Instagram? Yes, I can. And you can, you can reach me at DonnieCage223 on Instagram. And also, usually every Friday or Saturday, we will drop a new episode of the Uncaged Voice podcast on Twitch. And typically, I also post the uh, replays up on YouTube on my personal channel. All right, terrific. And as always, you can catch me right here. We'll be back uh Friday, also uh, on the uh, Red Pill Current News Podcast uh, every Wednesday. Oh, by the way, we did have a special guest this Wednesday. Uh, she's a holistic healer. And uh, for you females out there, uh, she is uh, she knows her stuff. Let's put it that way. And uh, uh, <laughs> she's mainly a female doctor, so therefore she did most of the talking on that episode. <laughs> All right, so you've been listening to... Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast with your host, the Kentucky Guy, and Donnie Cage. Hey, you guys have a wonderful day.